Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa baraka wa ashrafu al-anbiya wa al-mursaleen. Nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama taslima kathira. Amma ba'd. Alhamdulillah, we continue with the, go- the explanation of the text, going through the explanation of the text of Shah Sunnah with some of the explanation of our mashayikh and ulama and we go on to discuss this next part which is in regards to يعني, the bid'ah the bid'ah and the one that involves itself in bid'ah and what is the result of that now uh No. So we'll start off the Kalam of Baba Hari. He mentions, "Wa'lam an al-nas lam yabtadi'u bid'atan qat hatta taraku min al-sunnah miflaha fahdir al-muharramat wal-muhadathat min al-mur fa'inna kulla muhadafatin bid'a wa kulla bid'atin dalala and so Baba Hari he mentions that know that the people that a person does not or the people do not newly invent an affair yeah, a new invent, uh, innovation unless they leave an affair of sunnah which is like it So beware of the muharramat, beware of the affairs which are haram, and the muhdafatul umur, and the newly invented affairs. For indeed, every newly invented affair is an innovation. And every innovation is a misguidance. And misguidance is people, is within the hellfire. And so what we understand from this, this speech of Baba Hari, first and foremost is that when it comes to Aqidah and Ibadah, these two affairs are Tawqifiyah. Yani Aqidah and Ibadah is Tawqifiyah. Tawqifiyah meaning that it's solely relying upon Nusus. Relying upon the text and what is found within the text. And so, what's upon the Muslim is a letiba. What's upon the Muslim is a letiba, yani following the haqq and following the truth, adhering to the truth. So, what we understand from this barakallahu feekum is that a person cannot embark upon an action of ibadah, or a person cannot hold a particular belief in his creed. Except that it's in accordance with the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the Tawqifiyah. And we mentioned this last week that the affair of Deen is Tawqifiyah, and Tawqifiyah, and it's reliant upon the Nusuf, it's reliant upon the text. And Tawqifiyah, we mentioned in the context of 
Da'wah, yeah, the corner to Islam. In the context of Da'wah, then <coughs> an individual has to call in accordance with the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. You cannot call in a manner which any in any which way that a person intends or any which way a person wants. This is not the Da'wah of the Anbiya. So when you look, for example, and you and you ponder upon the, the Da'wah of other individuals. The Da'wah may be a Da'wah which talks about rulership, first and foremost. So their leading point of their call is about rulers. That we need to remove these rulers. Or we have to establish the Khilafah. We have to establish these particular actions. But the reality is, is that this was not the Da'wah of the Anbiya. A clear example of that is the example of Musa, alayhi salam. The example of Musa, alayhi salam, where he gave da'wah and his da'wah was at the time of Fir'aun from those that were the, from the worst of the people in the Tawaghit and the false deities the one that claimed by of raised himself a rububiyyah this man was a leader a ruler and the da'wah of Musa salam, was not a da'wah of we have to remove this particular ruler. It was not a da'wah of we have to establish our rulership before all else. Rather, his da'wah began with Tawheed. The da'wah of Musa salam, began with Tawheed. Yeah, he worshiped Allah Ta'ala alone. For indeed, no doubt, a person needs to understand that whatever affair you're in, whatever musibah, you the calamities befallen you that you wish to rectify. You cannot begin your da'wah with rectifying that issue. The da'wah needs to begin with tawheed, needs to begin with the worship of Allah Ta'ala alone. So we, need to, we understand that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is the one that has control over all affairs. He is the one that has sole control over all affairs. And so if you find yourself in a scenario where you have a calamity that has come your way, if you're an individual now that does not have a good relationship with your Lord, then how can you expect for your affairs to be rectified? If you're an individual that's not established a relationship with your Lord, Tabalak wa Ta'ala, and strengthen your relationship with Allah, Azawajal, then how can you expect your affairs to be rectified? How can you expect for you to adhere to the khayr, whenever the khayr is there? or good to befall you, if the one that has control over all of that good, you do not have a firm relationship with, the end of, with, with Allah. And so the da'wah must begin with Tawheed. It's Tawkifiyah. The da'wah must begin with this affair. That's what we mentioned. Likewise, a person cannot begin their da'wah as you have the da'wah, for example, of the Ikhwan al-Muslimin where their da'wah begins merely with unity. They mention unity. Yani the, the, the unity of the Muslims, bringing the Muslims together. That's where their, their call begins. And their call begins upon the qa'id al-batila of ma'adil wa ta'awan. This false principle of excusing one another for that which we disagree upon and come to the point we agree upon. Yani, people may look upon this and it may be fair-seeming at the beginning. 
And unity, not that unity is a good thing. However, if you make the beginning of your da'wah upon unity, then it allows for an individual, or allows for individuals that oppose the haq to be unified upon one upon one affair. However, they're not in reality not upon mm. one affair. They differ with one another. You regard them as being one, but their hearts are divided. So you have one individual, he seeks to have unity with the one that denies the names and attributes of Allah. Another individual, he seeks to have unity with the one that curses the companions. Another individual, he seeks to have unity with those that <coughs> deny the Qadr, for example. Unity cannot occur in that manner. Because the usul, they differ with one another in the usul, in the foundations. So what is it that's truly uniting them? And so what is upon the Muslims is that tiba. And so here when Baba Hali mentions, وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ النَّاسِ لَمْ يَبْتَدِعُوا بِدْعَةَ الْقَدْتِ where he mentions that no that the people do not fall into innovation ever until they leave an actual sunnah like it understand that this speech here is in the meaning comes with the meaning that with the sunnah, within the sunnah is kifaya. Within the sunnah is yeah, the kifaya is sufficient. And if a person now leaves off something from the sunnah, then understand that bid'ah satakun fi makanihi. That bid'ah will be in its place. Person leaves off the sunnah, the bid'ah will replace it. Do you understand that with this affair of sunnah, this is sufficient. This is everything everything the person needs. The person doesn't need any more, any less. If a person now takes something away from the sunnah or practice of the sunnah, then it won't just be left as a void. Rather, the person will replace it with something else. They replace it with something of bid'ah. Replace it with something from innovative practices. And thereafter, Baba Hari mentions as well, وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالًا So, هَذَا حَذَرْ مِنَ الْبِدْعَةِ Naam. وَلَيْسَ هُنَاكَ شَيْءٍ وَلَيْسَ هُنَاكَ شَيْءٍ فِي الدِّينِ يُسَمَّ بِدْعَةَ حَسَنًا And there's nothing in the deen that you can say is a bid'ah, a bid'ah hasana, a good bid'ah. Nothing is referred to in deen you can refer to as a good bid'ah. Now, all of these affairs of bid'ah and are warned against because it's dolalas, because it's misguidance. And it's possible to call that this bid'ah is a dalala which causes the person 
to be upon kufr. So bid'ah, as mentioned by Ahlul Ilm, is of two types. Bid'ah innovations of two types. You have bid'ah, bid'ah mukaffara, and bid'ah mufassaka. Bid'ah mukaffara is the bid'ah which leads the innovation, which leads to an individual falling into kufr, disbelief. And you have the bid'ah mufassaka. The bid'ah mufassaka, which is the bid'ah which causes the individual to be upon fisk, any wrongdoing, evil actions. However, they have not left the fold of Islam. However, that which they share, that which these two, these two characteristics share, is that when it comes to the bid'ah uh, mufassaka, or bid'ah mukaffara, bid'ah mufassaka, when it comes to these two types of innovation, that they are both dalala. They're both an affair of misguidance. So there's no differing when it comes to that. And now, and so here, Sheikh Nafozani mentions that this is an author, this is based on the author of the Salaf. I had a speech here. That if you leave a sunnah, then it will be replaced with a bid'ah. This is based upon the athar of the salaf. Where they would mention, Al-Nas, ma ahdafu bid'atan, illa faqadu miflaha min al-sunnah. That the people would not newly invent an affair, unless, except rather, that they would lose something from the sunnah like it. So as we mentioned, there's no void. If a person leaves off something from, or leaves or a person adheres something of bid'ah, then it will cause them as well to leave something from the sunnah. Go to leave something from the sunnah. Shaykh bin Baz, he mentions in his wasiyah that when you come to a people giving da'wah upon you and yabda' bi-sunnah to begin with the sunnah and this is the darat and this is the tariqah to da'wah Al-Shaykh al-Shaykh Ali Nasr al-Faqih Shaykh Ali Nasr he mentions Hafidhullah that when a person calls to the haq again the da'wah and he yad'u ila tawheed or yad'u ila sunnah when a person calls to the haq he mentions wa turud ala bid'ah or mubtadi' So you are refuting and rejecting the innovation or rejecting the mubtadi, the one that innovates. Falabud and yati bi badi. And it's a must that you come with the badi. You have to come with something in its place. Well, what's sunnah? 
So these are two parts. The two there's two parts of this advice, if you like. The advice of what you begin with, the tariqah what you begin with. You begin with calling the people to the sunnah, acquainting the people with the haq. Naam, you acquaint the people with the haq. Allow them to, to know what the sunnah is. And it's understood when you address a person that if you was to begin the call and just mention that this is bid'ah, this is, this is from, this is bid'ah and to mubtadi, my fellow. You are upon his innovation and you are an innovator. Yani, min hayfil qubool. Yani, when we're talking about the person accepting what you're gonna, what you're calling to, this is gonna make the, the affair as'ab. It's gonna make it even more difficult. And so when we understand the calling the person and, and, and inviting the people to the truth, no doubt the person has to accept that truth. But no doubt as well, it's about how you present it. How the truth is presented. The example has mentioned is that you can tell someone to go and pray. Establish the salah. And no doubt this is the truth. You have to establish the salah. It's upon us as Muslims to pray five times a day. But if you tell them now, you slap them in the back of the head and tell them to go and pray. This doesn't change anything. It's they still need to go and pray. However, them accepting that da'wah, it's become more difficult. Due to the uslub, the mannerism which has been presented. So the first, the first piece of advice mentioned, I, it was knuckle from uh, Chef Ibn Baz, rahimahullah, is that your da'wah should begin with the sunnah, acquaint the people with the sunnah, make people know what the sunnah is, so they understand what they're adhering to. The second part, the second part, is that the people, once acquainted them with the sunnah, the second part is that when you do refute their bid'ah, I'm not saying you don't ever refute their bid'ah, of course you refute their bid'ah what they're upon. But when you get to the point of refuting what they're upon, you replace it with something, you give it them a badi. You replace it with something from the sunnah. Because no doubt, when you find any action of bid'ah, there's an action of sunnah that can replace it. Now, for example, you have an individual who celebrates the Mawlid. He celebrates the, the birthday of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. No, that's bid'ah, it's innovation. You inform him that's innovation. You inform him that no one from the Messenger of Allah himself, nor any of his companions, were upon this action of the Mawlid. I celebrate in the Mawlid. Are you replace with that with the, with the Sunnah. Like the Sunnah is, yani, the Eidain. That they give their more importance to the two Eids. And they adhere to the sunnah of the Eids. That they equate themselves and they, and they give themselves knowledge about the, the, the Eid in the, in the year. Eid al-Fitr. And the Eid that we've just celebrated with Allah al-Hamd. Eid al-Adha. And you equate them with the narrations about Yom al-Jum'ah being from the Eid. And it's from the sunnah. So you replace this with that. So you replace this affair of the bid'ah that they're upon and the innovations that they may have called to or traversed upon, you replace that with the action of sunnah. 
And within that is khair. Khair from the fact that they've left off innovation. And khair with the fact that they're now adhering to the actual sunnah. And so this is the reality. And this is the manner that these two things. The first is that you acquaint people with the sunnah when you're calling them initially. You're acquainted with the affairs of sunnah generally. And when you're seeking to remove action of innovation from them, that you replace it with an action of sunnah. You replace it with action of sunnah. And we understand this athar, this athar of the salaf, where they mention that the people did not new invent an affair, now except that they lost an actual sunnah like it, you find that the reason for this is mentioned by Sheikh Al-Fawzan لِأَنَّهُ لَا تَشْتَمِعَ السُنَّةِ وَبِدَعَ إِلَّا تُخْرَجْ إِهْدَاهُمَا الْأُخْرَى So you cannot find that the sunnah and bid'ah are together. They cannot unite in one place. You can't find that sunnah and bid'ah are placed in one with one. So you cannot find that the sunnah and bid'ah are placed within one place except one of them expels the other. So if the person does an action of sunnah, then this replaces them doing any action of doing any action of bid'ah. If a person does an action of bid'ah, then this will replace them doing action of sunnah. They cannot both occur at the same time. This is essentially what we understand from this. فَلَا يَكُونَ الْإِنسَانِ مُبْتَدِعًا وَسُنِّيًا So you're not going to find a person and he's a mubtadi' and at the same time he's a sunni. Now I'm a person who's not a mubtadi' you can't really say he's a mubtadi' but he's a sunni at the same time. Now I'm that he's from the people of uh, of sunnah however he's an innovator. Now these two things cannot occur at the same time. It's a must that one will overcome the other or one expels the other. And this is how we understand the innovations. and so the proof of that is that these people, these innovators, as people that are upon these innovations, they have hatred for the ahadith of sahiha. They have hatred for the authentic narrations. And they have hatred for the sunnah. They have hatred for the actions of sunnah. They have enmity towards it. And you find that they may have hatred when they hear someone say, this is a particular hadith. This is, this is a hadith of so-and-so. Or a hadith of so-and-so prohibits 
this extra. Or hadith of so-and-so means that it's understood that this action is haram. And so they don't want to hear the narrations. They don't want to hear the narrations, nor do they want to hear the affairs of the sunnah, which oppose that which they're upon. This is the case. You may find individuals put aside the rafidah. Because we know the rafidah. The rafidah hate the companions. The rafidah will speak ill of the companions. The rafidah may take fear of the companions, put them to a side, and their bid'ah and their kufr. But when we're speaking about the individuals that adhere to particular madahib, whether it be akadiyah, However, they have to ask whoever they're upon. You find that they have hatred of some of the narrations. And they have hatred of some of the narrators. And when I say some of the narrators, I mean from the companions. They have hatred for the narrators. For example, Abu Huraira. Some of these individuals have hatred for Abu for Abi Huraira. Have hatred in the relation to Abu Huraira. Why? Because he would know from those narrations are those that oppose their taklid, oppose their ta'asub, oppose what they adhere to and what they, that they are, 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 are sticking to. So they may find narrations that oppose what they're upon. Rather than submit to the haq, no doubt they wish to deny it. <clears throat> And this denial comes about by way of having this hatred for the Rabi himself, the narrator himself. I know that this is an evil position to hold. To have a hatred for someone, first of all, to have hatred for a companion. To have any ill feeling towards a companion, comparing the Messenger of Allah. No doubt understand the makana of these individuals, the status of these individuals. When we say, for example, how many times we hear it, and no doubt it's kalam, which is more full, because it's, it's kalam which is accepted. We're thabit, we accept it, and we, we take it. When we say that fulal is trustworthy, fulal is a good individual, a righteous individual, upright individual. You say, how do you know? Because Sheikh fulal, in the Ahl al-Ulama, Sheikh fulal, from the ulama, the scholars, has said that this is an upright individual. We take that, no doubt, of course. We understand it to be upright because of the ta'adil of, of an alim. The ta'adil of one of the imma We accept that. So what about now if they are praised by Allah and his messenger? As is the case with the companions. Where they are praised directly. No doubt any individual that has ill feeling towards them Understand that they are the ones that were in error. And no doubt if they have ill feeling towards them because of them wanting to oppose the haq. And this is even worse. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Now, and it goes on to mention that this is a sign. This is a sign that Sunnah and Bidah cannot combine within one place or one person. Sunnah, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
فإنه يفرح بذلك as for the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فيفرح he becomes happy when he hears the hadith of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this is the sunnah the sunnah when he hears the hadith of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam يفرح becomes happy نعم فإنه يفرح بذلك نعم فيضيف خير إلى خير ويضيف علما إلى علم so he's the one he attaches it and adheres to the خير with that خير and the knowledge that comes with its knowledge and so this is the individual that comes to this this affair of deen when it comes to the affair of sunnah and we mentioned that this is in relation to aqidah and ibadah yani when the person is upon aqidah and ibadah these two things are tawkifiyah aqidah ibadah tawkifiyah that is absolutely these two things are absolutely reliant upon the masus reliant upon the text it's not possible for a person to say that I'm adhering to the text now I'm, or I'm doing rather it's not possible for a person to say I'm doing this particular action but they have no text to precede them. It's not possible for a person to say that I'm adhering to this ibadah. But at the same time, that there's no proof for it. There's no ayah for it. There's no hadith for it. But I'm doing this action of ibadah. Or I believe this about Allah, but there's no proof for it. I believe this about Allah, but there's no ayah for it. I believe this about Allah, that there's no ahadith for it. I believe it's about Allah, but none of the Salaf understood it in this way. I believe it's about the messengers, but there's no proof for it. Not possible. Just as we would say that a person, we cannot, we cannot allow a person, therefore he walks into the masjid, he's not going to pray Salatul Dhuhr, eight rakah. You want to allow for that. There's no proof for it. The affair of Dawah, the affair of, the affair of uh, Aqidah, the affair of Ibadah, Tawkifiyah. When it comes to the affair of dunya, we understand that. When it comes to the affair of the dunya, it's mubah. It's, it's permissible, it's allowable. It's permissible. As long as there's no, there's no dealer to say otherwise. So we allow for that. And so, the Sunni in reality, he is the one, when he hears a hadith for the message of Allah, he becomes happy with that. He becomes happy with hearing his narrations. And as for the sahib al-bid'ah, the person has upon innovations, then he flees from the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah. It's something which is clear and manifest when it comes to the mubtadi'ah. When it comes to innovations, then this is clear manifest. And sunan that they will wage war against the sunan. Why? Because they regard it as being innovations, for example. So they wage war against the sunan. Wage war against the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu well, that's the way of these, of these innovators. One example of that 
which is clear manifest as well, of these people that, that oppose, of these Bukhalifin, that oppose the truth, is that when it comes to the affair of Ahlu Sunnah, that is people, they will have Shidda. They'll be Shadid. Naam, they'll be severe, they'll be harsh. And when it comes to the affair of Mubtadi'ah, he will seek to make excuses. How many times have we seen this from those who have opposed from before? And these are from amongst the, the, the errors mentioned in relation to the affair of individuals such as Al-Hassan Al-Halabi, for example, or Ibrahim Al-Ruhaili, or Abu Al-Hassan Al-Ma'rabi. These individuals, Obel, Yahya al where these individuals, when it came to the innovators and the people upon actual innovation, new invented Qawaid in the affair of Islam, then they would you'd find that there would be uh, there would be an attitude of uh, a person being essentially laying. They would be. Allowances for them. Perhaps he means this. Perhaps he meant that. Don't be like this with him. But when it came to the affair of Ahlul Sunnah, then the affair of Shiddah was, was upon them. It came down with Shiddah. When it came to mention Ahlul Sunnah, they mentioned them with Shiddah, with harshness. Mentioned them with names. Yeah, they mentioned names, Dhulman. Give them names which were yani, not befitting, oppressive. Why? Because it was worth it. A shame for them all day. Places something outside, outside its correct place. They refer to Ahlul Sunnah as Ghulat. Yeah, they're extremists. They just follow the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. They're adhering to the Salaf, the manners of the Salaf. They refer to them as Ghulat. They refer to the people of Sunnah. Of Madkhliya, for example. And the Madkhalis. I felt was given the, or given the impression that the people of Sunnah, the Salafis, are Muqallidun of Shaykh Rabi'ah. Shaykh and Shaykh Rabi'ah. Of course, this is, this is Zulm. Or they will say they are Jamis. These individuals are Jamis. Again, giving the impression that Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they are blindly following Sheikh Muhammad Amman Jami. Or they will say the Wahhabis. Again, giving the impression Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah are blindly following Sheikh Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahhab. All of these, all of these, as a, all of these, these names and labels that they're given, it's all an indication of the shit, of the harshness that they had towards Ahlul Sunnah. And the lies that they'll give, they'll, they'll, they'll give upon Ahlul Sunnah and mention upon Ahlul Sunnah. Why? Because they oppose the Sunnah that they're upon. They oppose the Sunnah that the people are upon. And so they directly oppose the people and speak ill of the people. And so they will mention these people with names and ill, and Ill speech. All because of that. So you have to understand when it comes to these individuals, not only 
Is it a case of we understand that the affair of the Sunnah and Bidah cannot coexist? These things cannot coexist. But we understand as well that when the person is, is, is making mention of the Haqq, versus mentioning these affairs of Haqq, that they would oppose it in whichever way they can. Because this is the case. Again, if we, if, we, if we ponder upon the reality of people of innovation, they ponder upon the reality of their ma'amala when it comes to other people of innovation. Naam, the ma'amala is one of tasahul. They have tasahul with one another. Now they're lax with one another. They're negligent when it comes to one another. Even though an individual opposes the Sunnah Messenger of Allah Sallallahu And then when you look at the Mu'amala with the Ahlul, uh, Ahlul Sunnah, the Jama'ah, the Salafiyyud, when you look at the Mu'amala with these individuals, then what is the Mu'amala except that it's one of Shiddah, one of harshness. So this is what you find. And when you see this trait in an individual, when you see this trait in an individual, understand that these are from the traits of the people of innovation. As many of the Salaf mentioned, from the authority, the Alamat, from the signs of Ahl Bidah, from the signs of the people of innovation, is that they speak ill of the people of the Sunnah. It's from their signs. Are they speaking ill of them because he, because he let him money to pay him back? Is he speaking ill of them because he said something about his mother? Is he, speaking, is he speaking ill of him because he doesn't like the colour of his shoes? No, rather the reason he speaks ill of such an individual is because of what he's upon. What he's upon is the sunnah. So he speaks ill of the individual because of what he's upon. Because we understand it. That their opposition is not necessarily, necessarily opposition to the person. His opposition is not opposition to the person himself. His opposition is to what he's upon. I the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, thereafter, we have the mentioning as well of Fahdar al Muharramat bil Amur. So, Baba Hari mentions, so beware of the Muharramat, the Haram affairs. And Sheikh Fawzali mentions, لِأَنَّ الْمَحَرَّمَاتِ لَا خَيْرِ فِيهَا أَسْوَ الْمَحَرَّمَاتِ لِأَنَّ الْمَحَرَّمَاتِ لَا خَيْرِ فِيهَا Because the Muharramat, there's no good in the Muharramat. سُوَاءَ الْمَحَرَّمَاتِ الشِّرْكُ وَكُفْرَ وَمَعَاسِ Irrespective of whether it's the Muharramat, whether the Muharramat is shirk, or the kufr or the ma'asi. There's no good within them. No doubt, if it comes from the Muharramat of Shirk, and of the worst of that, then it will lead to the person to leave the fold of Islam. Likewise, Kufr. As for the Muharramat of the Ma'asi, then this could be a means of a person's punishment. Punishment in the grave, punishment in the Akhirah. If a person adheres to the Muharramat of the Ma'asi, the disobedience to Allah, the Baraka Ta'ala. And there's no khair. There's no good in that regard. As for us as Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, of course we do not say 
as the Khawarij mentioned, that the one that falls into a Kabir and a Kabair, he falls into a major sin from amongst the major sins, then as such an individual, Naam, has disbelieved. So don't go to that extreme. And there's no doubt that the uh, Aqidah of the Khawarij, or the Aqidah of the Mu'tazila, where they were mentioned, the one that falls into Kabira, the Kabair, then such an individual is fi Manzila, being a Manzila Tain. So there's a station between the two. They're no longer, they're, they're, not, they're not in Jannah or not in the Nahr. Now, okay, Bartin. As Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we understand that we are balanced when it comes to the affair of Ma'asi. When it comes to the affair of disobedience, Ahlul Sunnah are balanced. Ahlul Sunnah, they will mention that such an individual could yukhfar. It's possible that the person is forgiven. And it's possible that he is punished. So this is why we say that the, the fact that the person has opened themselves up and almost essentially have presented themselves to be punished, ma'am, to be potentially punished, then there's la There's no good in that action. There's no good in a person doing actual ma'asi, doing actual disobedience. However, along with that as well, is that we do not say that the individual goes to the other extreme, we say that the individual has disbelieved due to their affair of this ma'asi. It's important that the person understands this. That when it comes to ma'asi, and when it comes to particular actions, if it's, a, if it's from ma'asi, leave it. As mentioned by Sheikh, la khair fi, there's no good in it. Where we might perceive to be good will not be beneficial. And this is again when it when it comes to this affair of uh people want to mention now taswir and ikhtilafat, taswir. Yeah, they would differ when it comes to the picture making and there's this this particular opinion and that opinion. The asl is this, barakallah people. Or the affair is this. There are narrations that mention and the Latin, the, 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 the curse of Allah, recalls the Taswir. The narration that mentions, those that will face the most severe punishment, when it comes to Taswir. And this, in relation to Taswir, and the Maxir Taswir. So there's no khayr in that Maxir. There's no good when it comes to that disobedience, when it comes to picture making, reference. However, on the other side, if we were to say Law Salamna Jadalan, if we were to say for argument's sake, Naam, then yes, take the picture. Then there's nothing except that's mubah that's permissible for you to do. On one hand. On the other hand, we're talking about Adab Yom al An individual has the choice between the two. It could be one or the other. It could be one where if you, you truly believe it's permissible. Or person truth may see it to be permissible. On the one hand, it's just permissible. La there's no good in it, though. On the other hand, if it's not permissible, and there's no doubt, from we look from we look at the evidences, and we look at the, the aqwal, this is the strongest of the two. If it's not permissible, then we're talking about a shadow al qiyamah. 
the one that is truly thinking about Yom al Qiyamah, the one that's truly thinking about meeting his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, is he really going to indulge in something that might be ma'asi? Indulge in something that might be disobedience? Indulge in something that may cause his punishment Yom al Qiyamah? He's not going to indulge. As mentioned, la khayra fiha. There's no good in, in ma'asi. A person may do an action of, ma of ma'asiyah now. And he may feel that he benefits from it now. However, it's going to be fleeting. It's going to be a short benefit. It's going to be a short amount of time where a person benefits. Thereafter, that same thing, that same, those same actions are not going to be a benefit to him, not going to avail him. Even if he were to say it's permissible, it's not going to avail him in the akhirah. Because these are actions that are not ma'jur. That's not ma'jura. But as you mentioned, these are actions that could cause harm. And so there's no khayr in them. Sheikh, Sheikh uh, Fawzani mentions that Allah la yahram shay'a wa fihi khayr. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala does not declare something to be haram and declare it for us to be haram, it's be haram for us. Now, if there's good in it, rather that which he do, that which he would make makes haram for us, is that which is evil and lowly. Sharma, I evil. Now, evil actions are those that he made haram for us. And so, if you find an action, so if you find within the action khayr and shar, you have good, you have evil in the action. And they're equal, but to leave it off. Leave it off. <coughs> and if the khayr is more, the shaykh mentions, فَلَا مَعْنَ بِالْأَخْذِهِ And so, if the good is more, then the person, no doubt, is better, there's, there's no harm in taking from that action, or do the action. But it's a must we understand, barakallahu feekum, that the person should have the focus and leaving off evil and leave off evil for themselves and benefiting themselves with that which is good and beneficial. Thereafter, when it mentions, Bab Hali mentions, that this is understood and taken from the hadith of Irbad ibn Sariya. It's taken from the hadith of Irbad ibn Sariya, where the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, I that every invented affair is an innovation. Every innovation is a misguidance. It's a hadith of Irbad. And the Nas of the hadith mentions Wa'adana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mu'idatan baligatan wajilat minha al-quloob wa zafarat minha al-uyun faqala qail ya Rasulullah ka'annaha mu'idatul mawadda 
فما تأحد إلينا فقال أوصيكم بالتقوى الله وسمع الطاعة وإن تعمر عليكم عبد نعم وفي رواية عبد حبشيا كأن رأسه زبيب فإنه من يعيش منكم فسيرى اختلافا كثيرا فعليكم بسنتي والسنة خلفاء الراشدين المهديين من بعدي تمسكوا بها وأعدوا عليها بالنواجد وإياكم والمهدفات الأمور نعم So this narration mentions that the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave us an admonition There was an admonition which was one that had great effect causing the hearts to tremble يعني tremble خوفا to tremble with fear وَظَفُرَتْ مِنْهَا الْعُيُونَ And that the eyes would begin to fill up with tears. And someone mentions, or Messenger of Allah, it's as if you are giving us a farewell admonition. This word مَوَدَّعْ This word mawadda is when a person يعني, يترك أهله للسفر يعني the one that's mawadda he's the one that leaves his family and he's going upon a journey Salah And so that's is our So what do you advise us? He mentioned Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I advise you the taqwa of Allah and hearing and obeying This word the taqwa Shaykh Ali Nasir al-Faqih, he mentions that his ta'rif, his definition of ikhtisar, is imtithab in awam or ishtilab in nawahi. Taqwa is imtithal al-awamir wal-ishtilab wal-ishtilab in nawahi. So, it's a fair of taqwa, is the one that is adhering to the obligations and the commands and the one that avoids and stays away from the prohibitions. As the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions in the narration, مَا أَمَوْتُمْ كُمْ بِهِ فَأْتُوا بِهِ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ And that which I have commanded you with, then perform, them action, perform those actions. That which I have commanded you with, then perform those actions by way of, or that which you are able to do so, by your ability. I like what Allah Ta'ala mentions, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا مُتَّقُونَ And those who believe, and are muttaqoon, yani those that are adhered to taqwa. It's where Allah Ta'ala is, is mentioning the sifa of the awliya, the sifa of the awliya. They are those who believe. They have faith. And they have taqwa. They're muttaqoon. Thereafter in the narration, the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi mentions, and upon you is sam'u wa ta'a, hearing and obeying. 
even if you are under the authority and commanded by a slave. So this is a this is the mentioning of the importance of hearing and obeying the ruler. We mentioned previously the Jama'ah and the importance of the Jama'ah. Now this is from the Sunnah adhering to the Jama'ah. We mentioned along with that, Barakallahu Fikum, that the Jama'ah has an Amir, that the Jama'ah should be established with a leader. And we understand as well that upon the people is to adhere and obey the rulers. Hear and obey their particular ruler. The truth is, is that if a person was not to obey the ruler, and a society was built upon not obeying the ruler, then what would occur is nothing but folder. What would occur is nothing but chaos. And it's what you find as well. How many times would you see, for example, an individual, he doesn't obey the ruler. And so he incites others to do the same thing. It doesn't bring about khayr in the land. Rather, it brings about chaos amongst the individuals. Even if you reflect now upon what's going on in uh, France, for those that are aware, it's chaos. Because the people see that they want to revolt against their ruler. Or they want to express their disdain towards the ruler. And these are the people that promote this affair of democracy and yani, uh, everyone should have their say when it comes to voting. The likes of that. France even more so. France prides itself as a nation. It prides itself as being a republic. I, there's a complete... Uh, separation between church and state, a complete separation between religion and the state. So it prides itself upon the affair of democracy. And democracy, no doubt, is, in a, is, is, is a fikra which is completely flawed. Where a certain people or the individual citizens believe or are led to believe that they have or they should have equal say when it comes to the authority of a land. And then what ends up happening with that is that the person or the people, if they don't, if their authority is not listened to or their right is not listened to, their opinion is not listened to, then they will cause disdain and revolt and cause and call the others to revolt and call the others to show their anger or their disdain. All it does is cause, within that land, something of chaos. And it affects the stability of the land. And affects the stability of the lives of the people. How many times do you find the people, they will complain about rulers. And cause chaos and revolt. And then they're in situations worse than before they, had that, before the, 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 they were ruling. Or before they were complaining. The situation worse than the one that they were originally complaining about. No doubt the advice of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
is one which is for our maslaha in all of our affairs. So when they say in Alaykum Bissamah wa Ta'ah, hear and obey, hear and obey. As long as you're not being commanded with disobedience to Allah, hear and obey. Because each and every one of us are individuals. Yes, we're individuals. But we're all individuals that contribute to a society and, and we're all citizens of a particular land. And so if we are individuals that don't hear and obey, if we are individuals that follow laws that we wish to follow and they call others to follow laws that they wish to follow, no doubt this causes chaos in the land and brings greater harm thereafter. How many times do we find this? Over 10 years ago, when the people, they were celebrating what was referred to as the Arab Spring, for anyone that remembers. They were celebrating the overthrowing of ruler after ruler after ruler after ruler. And you look at the state of those lands now, and you look at the state of the Amun, the security in those lands now, and you look at the state of the stability in those lands now, and no one can say that this was an action of pain. Except that a person is mu'alid. Except that he's mu'alid. Except that the person is a stubborn rejecter of the truth. Except that he's wrong and strong, as they say. You contributed, these individuals contributed to the revolt against their rulers. They contributed to whatever comes after that as well. Then. People want to revolt in Muslim instability. Revolt in Libya. Instability. Revolt in Yemen. Instability. Revolt in Sudan. Instability. The message of Allah Sallallahu does not advise us with an affair except that it's for our benefit. Likewise, he goes on to mention in his narration, alayhi salatu salam, Whoever lives from you, then you will see much differing. We mentioned previously with this narration that this much differing was not something which is praiseworthy, but it's from the signs of his nabuwa, no doubt. It's from the signs of the prophecy of the Prophet Wasallam that this differing did occur. But it's not something which is praiseworthy, rather it's something which is madhmoom, it's blameworthy. And so the message of Allah mentions this affair as a blameworthy affair, rather it's a musibah, it's a, it's, it's a calamity, that there is much differing. But alhamdulillah, he mentions thereafter, alayhi salatu wasalam, the help, and a solution for this particular musibah, mushkila, he mentions, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالسُنَّةِ وَالسُنَّةُ خُلَفَاءَ الرَّاشِدِينَ مَحْدِينَ مِنْ بَعْدِينَ So upon me is my sunnah, the sunnah of the khulafaa, al-rashidina mahdiin, after me. He goes on to mention, تَمَسَّقُوا بِهَا وَعَدُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِينَ Hold on firm to it. Hold on firm to it and cling to it with your mawlati. Upon you is my sunnah. Hold on firm to it. Again, emphasize it. Cling on to it, your Mawlatif. Again, emphasize it. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Thereafter, he goes on to mention, وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْدَفَاتِ وَالْأُمُورِ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَالْمُحْدَفَاتِ الْأُمُورِ And beware of the newly invented affairs. This is a this is a tahdir. This is a warning from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. A warning against the newly invented affairs. As he mentioned, فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْدَفَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ Indeed, every new limited affair is an innovation. وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ دَلَالًا And every innovation is a misguidance. 
Now, and in another narration, And every innovation is in the fire. So every newly invented affair is a bid'ah. Every newly invented affair is an innovation. And what is understood by the muhdaf? Every, every newly invented affair, which is muhdafa, then this is referring to something which is newly invented in deen, newly invented in religion. أَمَّا الْمُحْدَفَاتِ فِي الْأَمُورَ عَادَاتِ وَالْمَنَافِقِ وَمَعَاكِلِ وَالْمَشَارِبِ وَالْمَلَابِسِ فَهَذِي بِدَعَ لُغَوِيَ هَذِي بِدَعَ لُغَوِيَةِ لَيْسَ بِدَعَ شَرْعِيَةِ So as for innovative actions or innovative affairs when it comes to the adats, yeah, customs or the manafi, things of benefit or food or drink or clothing then this is innovative Lugawiyan. This is innovative when it comes to the linguistic understanding of innovation. So when discussing in, uh, innovation linguistically, now there may be innovation when it comes to affairs of dunya. A person may innovate when it comes to affairs of dunya. Whether it be new clothing, new food, different types of food, different types of drink. You innovate in that regard. Now, Innovate with the different type of cars, different type of technology. Innovate in that regard. As for the innovation which is warned against, no doubt that this is innovation, which is innovation in deen. Innovation sharia. Innovation when it comes to legislation. Naam. And this is bid'ah. These are innovations which are muharrama. This is haram when it comes to the innovations in deen. وَهَذَا فِيهِ رَدْ عَلَى الَّذِينَ يُقَسِّمُونَ بِدَعَ إِلَى بِدَعَ حَسَنَةً وَبِدَعَ سَيَّةً And so this is a refutation of those who regard bid'ah as being of two types. The bid'ah hasana and bid'ah sayyah. So they say there's a good bid'ah and a bad bid'ah. And they're referring to bid'ah in deen though. So they say there's a good bid'ah in deen and, and a bad bid'ah when it comes to deen. Now, however, there is no such action. Or they may say that it's bid'ah, refers to a particular bid'ah, or bid'ah, refers to some innovation, referred to as bid'ah, yani, mubaha. So they'll say that these are innovations which are mubaha, they are permissible innovations. Understand that if a person is saying bid'ah hasana, then what is the lazim call? We discussed this previously. What's the lazim call? Like what is what does that necessitate? It means. We say there's a good bidder. What does that necessitate? He's mean that he's saying essentially. Speaking bad about. Speaking bad about. The prophet. The prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Nah, the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why? Saying the deen is not complete. Saying the deen is not complete. Now, what speaking about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? If the deen is not complete, then what does that mean essentially? You betrayed the message. Meaning what exactly? No, they didn't give the message in its totality. If we say there's bid'ah hasana, now if we say there's a good bid'ah, then what he's saying is there's an action which is ma'jur, an action which is rewarded, that the Prophet <coughs> didn't inform us about. 
Uh, it's a good action that the Prophet Sallallahu didn't inform us about. We can be rewarded can be ruled by way of it. But he did not inform us about it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so that would mean that his message was not a complete message. That would mean that he did not complete the task which was upon him, alayhi salatu wasalam, of giving a complete message to the ummah. No doubt. All of that is batil. All of that is falsehood. And so a person cannot say bid'ah hasana without it necessitating that he's saying that this good new new action, this new innovation was brought about and is good and is something rewarded but the Prophet said did not inform us of it. It's evil speech. Evil etiqad, the evil creed to have. But no doubt we understand that the Prophet wasallam, his message was complete and perfect. And perfect. As he mentioned, as Allah Ta'ala mentioned, اليوم أكبرت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورديت لكم إسلام دينا That today, I perfected religion for you, I completed my favor upon you, I chose your Islam, I chose Islam as your religion. This is what Allah Ta'ala mentioned. This religion is one of perfection, which is one of, of completion. So it's not possible for a person now to say that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not inform us of something, or that there's a bid'ah which is hasana, there's an innovation which is good, because we would have been informed of every action that is uh, of to our benefit. Now, and as the reality is that bid'ah, indeed, innovations indeed, all of them are dolala. As is mentioned in the hadith, we need every newly invented action is an innovation, and every innovation is a misguidance. Now, <coughs> and perhaps you, you find as well, I to call the bid'ah lughawiyya, wa sammuha bid'ah al-hasra, wa bid'ah lughawiyya mabaha. So then what you may find is that they may add the bid'ah, which is lughawiyya. So linguistic innovations, as you mentioned, which is permissible. The things that are newly, new, new things from the dunya. New food, new drink, new building, new technology. And they will add this together with what they regard as bid'ah hasana indeed. <coughs> so they'll, they'll Place these two things together. Now, they'll say that's bid'ah hasana. However, and they may, they may mention the yani building of schools or building of uh, a building of places for the Talab and Al. Or you may mention, they may mention you find this, and I believe someone mentioned this in the, the first lesson, I can't remember. They may mention either dots that you put on the Masahif or the, the, the Tashkir that you put on the Masahif, and other than that. And they said, all oh, these are bidah hasana. However, all of these things are Tabi al Sunan. All of these things are in accordance with the Sunan. All these things are from Ihya al-Sunan. All these things are what revive the actions of Sunan. 
They're not standalone actions. They're actions that revive the sunnah. Revive the sunnah. Naam. And so when it comes to these affairs of building the schools or printing the masahif and other than that, like printing the masahif with the tashkeel and other than that, all of that is i'ana ala al-ilm is in order to aid with knowledge. If you're aiding with knowledge, then in that regard, then what, what, in, what is the reality? If you're aiding with knowledge, then it aids with reviving the haq, reviving the sunnah. So aiding with these affairs. Now, and so, as for that's for the affairs of Ada, habitual actions or whatever else. Then we're not going to say if a person does a new action, a new habit, has a new habit, then we're going to refer to that as innovation. Now, because this is an affair of dunya and not the deen. Thereafter, Imam Baba Hari Fali, he mentioned as well, وَالْدَلَالَ وَأَهْلُهَا فِي النَّارِ Dalala, and his people are in the fire. وَكُمَا فِي الْحَدِيثِ وَكُلُّ دَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ Naam, as his narration, as any, every narration is in the hellfire. And we have the narration where the Reed Salah is mentioned for Tafsir Zafdarik. هذه الأمة إلى ثلاثة ثلاثة وسبعين فرقة كلها في النار إلا واحدة. Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم mentions that this ummah will divide into seventy-three sects, all of them within the fire except for one. فهذا دليل على أن أهل البدع يكونون في النار. This is a proof that the people of innovation will be within the fire. نعم ويفا و يتفاوتون منهم من يكون في النار لكفره ومنهم من يكون في النار لمعصيته and they, are, they differ and of different scales and levels so you find the one that may be in the fire because of his kufr he's in the fire because his bidah is a bidah of innovation of a kufr rather his bidah is a bidah of kufr so he will be in the fire because of the kufr that he's upon now مثلاً, the bidah where the person will deny all the attributes of Allah Ta'ala. Or the bid'ah, where the person will say that the Qur'an is makhluk. Or the bid'ah, where the person will make takfir of the Sahaba. Or the bid'ah, of the Khawarij. This is bid'ah of kufr. And it's possible that the person is with the man due to the bid'ah of ma'siyah. Yani, due to the, the innovation of them yani, being upon disobedience. Because every innovation, understand, every, understand that every innovation is maharram. Every innovation is haram in the innovation in deen. Every innovation in deen is haram. If you say every innovation in deen is haram, then of course, bitali, then every innovation is maxia. Now, that, that, that which is natural, that should lead to, after that, we have to come to the conclusion that every innovation is an actual disobedience. So, as anyone can go to the hellfire by way of the disobedience, then innovation can lead to a person to the hellfire 
because of their disobedience. So it could be because of the kufr, I bid them a kafara, or due to the fisk, I bid them a fisaka. Yeah, their disobedience. Now, and from them are those that will be with the hellfire for eternity. I led them to kufr, yani disbelief, and led them to lead the fold of Islam. And from them are those that are upon innovation which does not uh, lead them with the hellfire for eternity. I those are individuals that have fallen into the disobedience, however, they, their bid'ah is regarded as being fisk and not kufr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So that concludes, alhamdulillah, this particular chapter, this particular mentioning from an Imam, Baba Hari, Wallahu ta'ala a'lam, wa jazakallah khaira, wa sallallahu wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. So it's not allowed, they're one and the same. So it's not two places, but one thing. The fair of dunya. So you cannot say, for example, um, these are not, they're all innovations in dunya. It's just that this one, people may say that these are innovations in deen, but there's only, it's only relation to deen is that it, it aids with the deen. Does that make sense? But it's not an actual action of deen. So, for example, when we mentioned the print of the Quran, it's, it's a fair of dunya. Yeah. But it aids a person with deen. Yeah. So it's one and the same. So it could be anything which is, it could be something which is purely dunya. So it could be a case of they invent a new recipe for something. Now, new, innovation. But look at look, we attend. Then it could be something which it, it could be used to benefit. We can use to benefit in deen in some way, shape or form. Now, this is still in dunya, but we can use that in order to aid us with our deen. And it's not something which is deen in of itself. Now, so it's one. It's it's one category essentially. But we obviously have to have a bit of caution with that stuff as well. Then. Of course, <coughs> you can't engage overly engage in in something where it may cause you to fall into innovation in deen. Of course not. You, you, exercise, you exercise caution, you exercise caution with everything you do. A person should be, should be living upon Zuhud anyway, where they're doing actions which is only beneficial for them, and uh, actions which, inshallah, bring them closer to Allah. You know, but, uh, the person should have high high goals for themselves, inshallah. Um, so, how about someone uses that same argument for their deeds? It's aiding in my when it comes to the beads, then some some people say you can use them, and that they, they use it for that reason. But what's apparent is that the person ends up having reliance upon these beads. That's one thing. Second thing as well is that the counting has been established. The manner in counting has been established within the sunnah, which is with the fingers. So you cannot now come with a whole new manner. This is the difference. 
Because a person can say, yeah, essentially he's aiding me. But the reality is, is that there's a particular manner in which he has been established to do the counting. Just as we say now, a person, um, he, he, um, upon you is to pray, pray the salah. Make a court, my fellow. You cannot now say that I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I wear this particular garment that makes sure my back is straight when I'm making when I'm making ruku. My fellow, no, and he says he's aiding me, but he's making this incumbent upon your salah, or incumbent upon the manner in which you're praying your salah. He really added something into the salah which was not there before. So it's important that the person they mentioned uh, that it's that the person exercises caution when it comes to doing anything can deem that that hasn't been legislated. I understand that it's not just anything you can do. No. That makes sense. No. Okay. There's also specific narration from the Sahaba like regarding the mm-hmm. as well, isn't it? Yeah. And of course you have that narration as well. You go counter the pebbles, of course. No. Okay. Thank you.